SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello and welcome to the SportsGrid Radio Network. I am Scott Wetzel alongside George Kurtz as we'll take you over the next two hours talking the world of sports and then some. There's a lot to get to, obviously. Georgia wins this year. Who's winning next year? Who's winning the Super Bowl? Winners and losers in the baseball negotiating world. And, of course, who's winning and losing tonight as we try and beat the boys in Vegas and FanDuel again over the next couple of hours. We'll get to all those stories plus some emails and tweets as uh, we like to have some fun here on Sports Grid Radio. What's going on, George? How are you this uh, Tuesday afternoon? Well, as you uh, well know, Scott, a little chilly, a little chilly here. A little uh, chilly, yes. Winter is here, yes. How about that? 17 degrees or something like that. Going to get the single digits tonight. Uh, Yeah, my wife's actually uh, warning me. You know, you might get frostbite if you go outside. Yeah, well, I wasn't planning on having a barbecue. I'm not going out. Okay, I go out to get the mail. Yeah, I'm not, not exactly uh, planning on doing a sunbathing there, dear. You know, I don't know what you think I'm going to do. I'll take the garbage out. That's about it. So, yeah, it is chilly. All that hard work I did over the summer, chopping wood and splitting the wood, uh, going to be put to good use as we get a fireplace downstairs. I live in a, a, a split. So uh, we'll get the fireplace rocking and rolling. So not bad. I, I actually enjoy some of the cold weather. That's one of the things as you get older, most people like hate cold weather. I don't I don't mind the cold. I hate rain, rain, slush, you know, that, that, you know, black ice, you know, when you slide all over the place. Yeah, but just general snow. I'm okay with that in cold weather. I'm okay with that. But anyway, Georgia wins last night, Joy. They finally did it. They finally beat Nikki Quick, and they win the championship. Didn't uh, come easy, although the score, you know, two touchdowns is not indicative of how close this game was. One score game. Really, Georgia had a chance to blow it like they normally do, and shockingly, they did not. As Bryce Young, your Heisman Trophy winner, probably played his worst game all season. You know, uh, he lost his main receiver two weeks ago. He lost his best receiver last night early in the game as well, so he was obviously He's shorthanded, but still, I I still thought eventually Alabama would win. They were winning a good portion of the game. Eventually, Georgia took over in the third. You know, Alabama was helped out by a couple of close calls, you know, right calls, but close calls just the same, and then they still couldn't win. So, wasn't a fluky win. You know, Georgia, you know, was the better team. Their defense last night stood up and and, uh, really stopped Alabama. Every scoring opportunity they had, holding them to, what, four field goals, five field goals. Their defense is fast. Right, really fast. The one thing you can see the, on the TV, the, they, they got to the ball here. Uh, I, listen, Bama lost a couple of receivers there, so I think that certainly hurt the, their explosive passing game. <clears throat> but Georgia might have been the better team anyway. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of field right? There's a lot of bend but don't break, because that's what a lot of field goals were there. I sort of got the feeling in the second half, okay, who could score the first touchdown? You know, who could score the first touchdown and get uh, something other than a field goal? Georgia got it, seemed to turn the game a little bit there. Uh, of, we had controversial officiating, too, calls. For the most part, they, they probably got them right. But uh, we had, had a little bit of everything last night. But I think Georgia was the team that deserved to win. See, this is the type of game, George, that uh, – and I am not, as as the LL Boy listeners know, I am not a uh, Brandon Staley fan, Chargers head coach. But this is the game that he'll point to and say, see – I told you so. This is what I'm talking. This is why I go for touchdowns all the time. This is why I go for it on four downs all the time. You know, Alabama's kicking field goal after field goal after field goal after field goal. You know, one, two, three, you know, four field goals, and they lose the game. You know, sometimes you just got to go for it because the field goals are nice, but in the end, you know, you need three field goals in essence for one touchdown. You know, so that's 
this is what he'll say is, you know, I don't like his philosophy, but this is what you're talking about when you go for field goals. 24 yard, now 45 yard, you got to, that is what it is, you know, but a 37 yard. I was shocked in the second half he went for that 21 yard field goal. Those are three short field goals that, um, if it was the Chargers uh, or a lot of other NFL teams, they would be going for it because in the end, you got to get touchdowns. You can't win a lot of games with field goals. Well, we know the Chargers would definitely go for it, right? Yes. I mean, they <laughs> in our mind they're going for it. I think, listen, the game has certainly changed on the NFL side, at least. All right. It's certainly changed about going about field goals. And I'm sort of with you. Uh, I'm going to get the short field goal if it's fourth and, you know, pretty much higher than seven. You know, okay, yeah, I'm probably kicking the field. Maybe even. Maybe higher than fourth and five. I'm probably going to kick the field goal there. But anything less, I am very inclined to go for it. It's just the way the game is played nowadays. You know, that the analytics tell you you need to go for it. You need, uh, that field goals aren't going to win you. There are certain games or at certain times of the game I might feel differently, depending on what the score is. But I think last night, I think you hit it on the head here. You're going with too many field goals here. Sooner or later, it's going to come back to haunt you that you can't put the ball in the end zone, that you've probably got to take a shot here, take a chance. So I would agree with you. I think that eventually, obviously, it hurt to hurt him in the end here. And I was surprised on the, show, the one short one you mentioned as well. They didn't go for it. I, I, maybe because I'm watching too much NFL, but I sort of expected them to go for it. it didn't even, like, yeah. it didn't me for a field goal. You know, okay, they'll go for it. And they didn't. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, listen, they did get the touchdown after that on, on the uh, the screwball play there from Stetson Bennett that the, the – uh, uh, Bama got the lucky break on that. It was actually a fumble, and and it really was. I mean, I don't think it was actually a fumble, but I, he the guy did clearly recover in bounds. So yeah, you know, it, it's the nuances of what is a forward pass. You know, and we'll get into it here in a little bit. But you know, to me, his arm was going forward, his hand was going forward. You know, so as long as that's the case, and the ball went forward, you know, it may not have looked pretty. But, you know, to me, he had the ball in his hand, whether he was gripping the ball or not. It was in his hand, and his hand was going forward, and the ball went forward, although, you know, went forward by about two yards or so. But it, it still went forward. It's still a pass. You want to make an intentional grounding because of that, which, you know, I think is idiotic because it went that way because he was being tackled. But uh, that that's the only one. Now, they, they reviewed it, and they said that was a fumble, but I thought that was not a fumble. Close, but uh, but in the end, Bama scored, and then they still, you know, had an 18-13 lead fourth quarter. Never in a million years would I would have thought they would have lost that football game up a touchdown, basically in the fourth. But they did. We'll talk about it, break it all down, and we got odds for next year. Believe it or not, already. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Another flag. Bennett launching. Mitchell. I mean, first of all, it was the defense who kept us in this this game. You know, while we were stumbling over our own feet the entire first half and then starting out in the second half. So, I mean, they won this game for us. Um, you know, we we still, we executed a few drives. Uh, we could have done so much better. You know, but we got the job job done whenever we needed to. Um, you know, it, it hadn't hit me um, yet. I guess it hit me a little bit on the sideline, but you know. No, I can't articulate it. I'm not that smart. Um, 
Yeah, but it feels great. That's that's embedded uh, after his, uh, you know, one of his touchdown passes uh, to uh, Amy Mitchell from uh, 40 yards out to put Georgia on top. Good 19-8. That wasn't uh, exactly our situation there, but that's, that's the game you want. 33-18, Georgia Bulldogs. And in reality, yeah, it was the Georgia defense uh, that, that did it, you know, throw in the interception return for a touchdown to find him. But you had to sweat out the over. You know, if you had the over, uh, or excuse me, if you had to sweat out the, the under, if you had the under 52 and a half, I mean, that looked just golden the whole game. Then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter, field goal, touchdown, 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 interception return for a touchdown. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, my goodness, I got to survive. Oh, by the way, or which uh, you did, although Alabama did struggle. So the game did go under as it was supposed to, 33-18, but uh, not without some sweat. And no bets are ever easy. It's amazing. No matter what the situation is, you know, 13-9 heading into the fourth quarter. You got an over-under of 52 and a half. You think you're just absolutely golden. And then all of a sudden, the points came. Kind of like in that first game when they scored, uh, you know, a bunch of points in the second quarter after a 3 nothing first quarter. So, Georgia does win. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, like I said, the field goals that, that did it. 21-yarder, 24-yarder, 45-37-yarder. Um, you know, it, it, so you just can't keep on kicking field goals in the Georgia defense to their credit. You know, they bent, but they didn't necessarily break except for that one touchdown. And, again, that was set up with the fumble. Uh, and that was not a good game for, for uh, Young. It really was. You know, he's better than that. But he was just off, you know, without his receivers. That last touchdown, Pat, or the interception that was returned for a touchdown, that was an awful. I don't know what they were doing. They were driving. They had plenty of time. You know, they weren't throwing the ball deep basically the entire game, and they decided to throw like a 30-yard pass from midfield. It's like, oh, and it wasn't even open. He just, boy, he looked really bad last night. He, he just did not look like the Heisman Trophy winner, George. I, I was surprised he played as poorly as he did. Yeah. Uh, was I surprised? Yes. Overall performance, of course you're surprised uh, that he played as poorly as he did, especially in the, uh, you know, pretty much the most important time. But how much do you think the injuries hurt? I mean, you, you lose your uh, top yeah. four receiver, a guy who's going to go top 10, over, top, maybe top five overall. And that's a big loss early on here. And uh, so how much do you think that hurt him? A lot. A lot. They threw the ball 57 times. Wow. I mean, they only ran for 30 yards, but, you know, take away the sacks, which – and, and college football aren't included in your rushing total. So throw out the 43 yards and sacks, and they still only ran for 73 yards. Uh, on 22 carries from Robinson with 68, I thought they would – not that I necessarily thought they would run for a lot, lot, but I thought they'd be able to have a little bit more success than that. I didn't think they would throw the football 57 times, but it was kind of like, you know, watching uh, two attacks. Everything was five yards, five yards, and it was working to a point, but – that, that's the classic example of how you can go up and down the field in between the 30s and maybe even 20s, but once you get in the red zone, that dink and dunk stuff doesn't work. You need to have guys in the red zone that can beat their men one-on-one, and uh, we, with Alabama uh, losing Jamison Williams, they, they just I, I guess they didn't have it. I don't know. You know they got five-star recruits up and down the field. You would have thought they would have had a little bit more success than what they had. And you made Stetson Bennett look like the greatest quarterback of all time. But, you know, give him credit. You know, I thought they were going to bring in JT. Well, I really didn't think they would bring in JT. I thought they should have brought in the backup quarterback, JT Daniels. Uh, but I figured this was Bennett's show. But I thought there was one drive midway through the third quarter, the, the touchdown drive. I, you know, I was telling people when I was doing in-game live last night, I said, you know, if, if Bennett doesn't, produce some points on this drive. I, I thought that may have been his last drive. Maybe, maybe not. They end up scoring a touchdown and the rest is history. But I thought that was the one drive where they, you know, they kind of were forced to just like, you know, it's either going to happen or it's not. And if it doesn't, then we got to bring our backup in. So uh, Georgia does win. And it really, uh, 
let's face it, it was a boring game. You know, fourth quarter was a lot of fun. Kind of reminds me of the uh, the Super Bowl between the Rams and the uh, the uh, uh, Titans, you know, where it was a great finish. You know, a guy comes up a yard short, but the first three quarters is like one of the worst Super Bowls ever. Uh, but the same thing here, just boring, you know, but they moved the ball, but it wasn't really exciting. No, no big plays, nothing crazy until the fourth quarter. So in the end, uh, Georgia does win. And then the FanDuel, God bless them, they get the odds out already, you know, for next year. And uh, they got Georgia's favorite, you know, plus two to one. Alabama is two to one. Those are your co-favorites. Ohio State, eight to one, which I think is actually pretty darn good. I got to tell you, watching Ohio State play against Utah and all those wide receivers going up and down the field and Stroud coming back. You know, I could see Bama being two to one and Georgia being two to one the entire year. You're not going to get any value on that. But I don't think Ohio State's going to be eight to one at the end of the season. You know, I think that's the one where they can easily drop into the three and a halfs or four to ones for sure. And that's what I look for, Jordan. I look for in these futures, I look for teams that I can get now that, you know, next year, that's not going to be the number. And I don't think that's necessarily the case with Georgia and Alabama, but I think that is the case with Ohio State. I would probably agree. I'm sorry. I'm looking for the value here. I'm not looking for necessarily a team I think might win. I'm looking more for value here. But right. I don't necessarily talk about a year. I don't like having my money tied up for that long. That's the thing. I know. If you took a that's 10, yeah. 20 bucks, who cares? You know, but I don't want to uh, anything with uh, triple digits or higher. I don't want to have my money tied up for that long. So I wouldn't place the bet yet. Uh, that being said, you do have to, once again, in this world, if you're thinking about it, uh, about placing a bet like this, all right. And uh, if I don't place it now, great, I don't want to get my money tied up, but am I going to lose the, the value? I, the odds are going to go down, you know, and I'm not, not going to get the price I want, that sort of thing. So it's, if you're playing that game, you're weighing, tying up your money versus, hey, I'm getting a better price now than I might get if I wait until, I don't know, August, September, whatever it might be. So uh, it's tough. I just don't like, uh, you know, I do it in the NFL. You place your over-unders on, and I do like doing that, over-under win totals. But even that's annoying because you do – and I didn't leave about six, seven of them. You know, you do fifty dollars a pop around there. It's four or five hundred dollars. You have tied up until now. Right? We just got paid off uh, Monday, so uh, it, it's a game. It's, it's tough for me to do that on too many, uh, just, uh, too many bets. I don't want to have more than, I mean, personally, more than like really four or five hundred dollars tied up in, in future bets that are months and months away, more or less a year away. Yeah, that's the one thing your local Louis de Lip has over FanDuel and the others. That, that if, if there's one advantage. Maybe two taxes aren't taken out, uh, but it, that would be you know your your bets are based on, on credit. You know um, you're responsible, obviously, but with Fanduel and the others, you know in Vegas you got to lay down the money with these futures. So you're right about that. You know unless I, I understand why they do it. You know people are talking college football right now. It's in people's minds. They just watch the game, so they say, oh, you know what's going to happen next year. So I, I clearly understand why they would post some of these numbers. Uh, and you know if, if you have the wherewithal, you have the patience. You, you know, you might be able to, you know, get, uh, you know, Penn State at 60 to 1 or Michigan at 40 to 1. You know, I, I mentioned Ohio State at 8 to 1. I actually think it's pretty good. You know, so you might be able to get some, dare I say it, value. You want to get USC? You, you, know, you want to think, uh, you know, that that, that situation is going to change? Uh, you know, at 80 to 1? You know, you do get some halfway decent numbers, but I don't know if they're necessarily going to be any different now than what they even would be at the start of the college football season, let alone next January when they're playing for national championships. So outside of just saying, okay, you know what? Yeah, I think Ohio State's going to win, so I'm going to put a couple shekels on them now. Or I think USC's going to win, you know, so I, I'm going to put a couple shekels on them now. It's kind of like a bragging thing more than it is, you know, uh, I'm going to get the best money, the best value, and, and that sort of thing. So, But they're there, and if you want to you know, pop on board, th- those are the ones that are, do stand out. Ohio State at 8-1 to one to me. 
Uh, USC, if you want to buy into the new regime uh, at 80 to 1, uh, you think Michigan's just the start of something special? 40 to 1 isn't too bad either. And of course, our beloved Irish at, uh, at, at 80 to 1. Futures are out for the NFL Super Bowl, obviously. They've been out for a little while. So we'll take a break. We'll run down all the NFL games. Uh, the pairings are set this year. They reseed uh, after the wild card round. We got a couple of interesting games. And once again, the NFL is screwing the team. I'll let you know who that is. Uh, that is coming up next right here. Scott Wetzel alongside George Kurtz. It is Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, they basically had two drives in the fourth quarter. All right, they made a couple explosive plays in one, which... You know, we don't want to give up explosive plays. We got a pass interference. Uh, they hit a long pass on us. Uh, it was a free play for them. We jumped off sides. Uh, and then when they got the ball the second time with a one-point lead and a chance for us to still be in the game, uh, they just ran the ball and we, we didn't stop them. So that's what it was like uh, to be out there. The feelings I have inside the motion I have for these players and these young men, I mean, I'm looking over here at these guys, J.D. and James, and these guys waiting to go. And I just... I've never been around a group of players that really wanted it so bad and wouldn't be denied. I mean, remember a lot of these guys decided to come back and they bought in and we changed, we changed a lot of offseason things. You know, we, we, we cut out the indoor and we went to the stadium. We did a lot of things and uh, the toughness brought a lot more toughness back. And I, I just can't say enough about the leaders. Alabama head coach and then Kirby Smart, Georgia head coach. Uh, Nick kind of like, uh, trying to uh, say what? It was a fluke. Uh, it unraveled quickly. Uh, his team didn't deserve to lose. I, I don't know. Uh, and you got Kirby Smart. You, whenever you hear a coach talk about winning, you know, everything is always grand. What does that mean? You guys didn't really try it last year then or the years before? They really didn't have it in them the last time? I mean, I guess that's in essence what you're saying. If that's the reason why you won this year, because you guys were really, really dedicated. But uh, Georgia does win 30, uh, 33 to 18. So I always got to look at the negative side of things. You know, what, not, that's right, right. I mean, that's what they're saying. If you're saying this team had that little extra or something, they cared a little bit more well, than the other guys, I guess, uh, really didn't. So, uh, listen, it wouldn't shock me if these two teams were in the finals again next year. Uh, with all the guys, we'll see who's coming out and coming back uh, for, for Georgia if they all – you know, came back this year. I mean, you see how many uh, guys that they can replace the next year. But uh, uh, decent little college football season. Uh, we survived it. We got through it. You know, the COVID didn't do too much damage. Didn't affect the championship game or the semifinals. Like, everyone was concerned about it. Remember when they made that announcement, you know, a few weeks back that, you know, no games were going to be postponed, you know, more than just a couple of days. And everyone was thought we were going to have a, a, a walkover for a national championship. So, you know, in the end, we were able to get through it. Uh, no one, shockingly, I don't know how, but, you know, no one down there got, got COVID. None of the Georgia players, none of the Alabama players. So they did the right thing, I guess, and, and uh, kept their guys safe. So at least we didn't have any kind of distractions and any excuses uh, from that standpoint. But I do, as you pointed out, I, I wonder what it would have been different, how it would have been different. I, I do think Alabama, 
I, I think the Tide would have found a way to win uh, had uh, Jamison stayed healthy, but uh, it is what it is. So on to the NFL, how quickly we turn the page on college football. You don't do that in the NFL, but you do in college football. And, you know, before we get to the futures, I must say, George, looking at the schedule when it was released, uh, you know, basically yesterday, um, not surprised, but just uh, – the NFL, they, they just don't like the Raiders organization. They, they really just don't. And you would think they would be thankful because, you know, the Raiders, they could have taken a knee. You know, they could have gone into that overtime uh, and, and uh, you know, getting the ball first. I would have loved to have seen what the Chargers would have done if the Raiders started the overtime by taking three knees and punting. You know, almost like forcing the Chargers, you know, do you want to be jerks? And, and uh, you know, try and run your real offense when we basically told you we're giving up. Would the Chargers then acquiesced and said, okay, if you're going to do it, then I guess we have to do it. But the Raiders, you know, getting the ball first in overtime against the Chargers, could have done that. They, they really, you know, and I was okay with that. You know, listen, we tried for 60 minutes. It was a fair fight, and, and we came out tied. And, you know, why are we going to kill ourselves when we can get it to the postseason with a tie? So the NFL point being should be thankful the Raiders didn't make a mockery of the game Sunday night. Instead, they're playing Sunday night. Not only aren't the Raiders playing in the Monday night game, not only aren't the Raiders playing in the Sunday night game, not only are the Raiders not playing in the Sunday afternoon game, not only are the Raiders not playing in the Saturday night game, they're making the Raiders on a short week travel to Cincinnati and play the very first playoff game Saturday afternoon. <laughs> That's just fun. You can't make this stuff up. They hate the Raiders. They just, they hate the Raiders. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm going to say they hate the Raiders because TV rules. If TV wanted the Raiders at one of those night games, guess what? They're playing one of the night games. Once again, this is all about TV. The NFL doesn't care about competitive balance at all. They can tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, we can. No, you don't. Because if they did, there's no way the Raiders play the first game of the playoffs. It's not fair. It's just not. You played the Sunday night games, which means Monday's pretty much wasted as your travel day and all that. Yeah, I mean, and one, one less day to prepare here. It's not right that they're playing on, on Saturday. If I'm a Raider fan, I'm beyond ticked. But, you know, if ESPN wants them on Monday night, I got to believe that's the Monday night game. You know, uh, if whoever wants them anywhere, they're going to get that game, right? I mean, I just, uh, if right. CBS or Fox or NBC was crying for them, they're going to get the game. That's why I'm also surprised that Dallas is not one of the prime time games. I think what's going on here is I don't know whose turn it is to pick the first game this year, but I think it's what happens here. Each year, it's, you know, it's Fox's year, it's CBS's right. year, it's NBC's year, whatever it might be for the gazillions they're paying here. And that's what they go by. Or maybe it's written into one of the contracts. Okay, you're paying you know $2 billion here. You get the first pick of the playoff game. That sort of stuff. Or they, or they alternate years, whatever it might be. But as we've seen with you know, a Dallas game, which is generally an NFC game, Fox would cover that. It's being covered by CBS. So there are definitely different rules for the postseason than there are for the regular season here. Uh, did the Raiders get screwed? Absolutely. Do I think the NFL had something to do with it? I don't think they fought very hard. I think the NFL should be able to tell, even if I'm right, it's about the networks. The NFL should be able to tell them, listen, I understand, but we can't have the Raiders playing on Saturday. We'll go Sunday. You know, it doesn't have, doesn't have to be the Monday night game, but we, we can't have them going Saturday here. But what also baffles me is this. What makes me think that I may not be right here is that the Raiders are a pretty damn strong following. They've yeah. got a huge fan base across the country. You, you would think uh, that these networks would want the Raiders. You know, it's not like when you look at the other games. I'll tell you, that's here, a better okay. game, George, than Philadelphia, Tampa Bay. I, I know that sounds crazy. The, the I, I get it. It's also, tough one rating, o'clock but... Sunday is not is not great either for ratings. I mean, outside of the Saturday evening, 
uh, the early evening one. Sunday, 1 o'clock is also the next worst for the Rays. The other three slots are all better. Because that is the game you would think of. But, I mean, I'm surprised NBC, I guess because of Pittsburgh, I guess that's why they want the Pittsburgh game. The Steelers have a truckload of fans, too. So I guess I think in the end, the Raiders just got screwed. You know, just That could be an ugly game, right? In the NFL. Like, I don't think, you know, if you just want to go competitive balance, I, I think Raiders and Bengals could be a very good, high-scoring, entertaining game, whereas Kansas City, you know, they, they killed them, what, three weeks or so ago? I mean, it was embarrassingly bad. So, you know, would you take that risk and say, all right, it's because it's Pat Mahomes and it's, uh, what, Roethlisberger's last game, more than likely that that's going to, you know, bring in that many people? All right, for half, but then when it's 30 to nothing, people are going to turn the TV sets off. I tell you, I've mentioned this many times here on Sports Grid Radio, uh, George. There's only been two teams that, and one was forced uh, because of the scheduling, and, and another was just, that's how the schedule panned out. But there's only been two teams that played on the road Monday night and then or later and then played on the road again the following week one was the Redskins but that was because their game was postponed with the COVID and they had to play Tuesday night and then they played the the Cowboys the following week and as you know as a Cowboy fan the Cowboys killed them right I forget what it was but it was 30 point game the only really scheduled game like that was Miami Miami played on a Monday night against the Saints they played the following week at Tennessee, and they got destroyed. So I got two examples. You wouldn't think it would be that big a deal, but I'm telling you, it's not a coincidence the NFL does not do that. They know it's hard to play on a short week back-to-back road games. And while, yes, the Raiders did not play Monday night, but they, in essence, did because they're playing Saturday, and normally they would be playing Sunday. So they're playing you know, on a short week. Now, it's not two road games, I get that, but it's a short week, and then you're going on the road. So, I just think that's a real tough spot. Uh, and that's it's why I fair. like Cincinnati. It's it's just not it's, You know, the, Even on Monday fair. night, is that any worse than, uh, you know, who's staying up to watch Arizona? You know, Arizona and L.A.? You know, is, is that such a great game Monday night? They couldn't have stuck this one, uh, Raiders and Bungles, Monday night versus that one? As in, uh, I don't know what the, re- the reason is. I guess the ESPN didn't want it. Maybe ESPN didn't have a choice. I don't know. Uh, but I guess the ESPN wanted the Arizona Rams game. For whatever reason, Kyler Murray, all the Rams glitz. You know, you get the California audience there going pretty good. Uh, listen, I don't know what the ratings are for each team, but I, my guess is that. And it's also, you know, I think Cincinnati's getting a – although we like the game, you know, the ratings won't be great for Cincinnati. They won't be. They don't have a national following right. or anywhere near close. I, I get why NBC wants Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Yes, I think that game's going to be a wipeout. Uh, they can't say it's going to whatever they beat him by last time. They might do more, worse damage than that, you know. But Pittsburgh has a national following here. Kansas City with Mahomes, Super Bowl contender. I get it. You know, football fans. I think we believe the Oakland you know, Cincinnati game. Yeah, should absolutely be the Sunday night game. You switch those two around here, we'd have no problem here. But uh, ratings, it's it's all about money. It's all about money for the NFL, for uh, you know the networks as well. If you want to talk about scheduling and unfairness, we we can do this all day long. You know, just talk about the Thursday night games and how they work those, you know, and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, the stuff they do doesn't make any sense. It always, it ticks me off when I see uh, one team play on a Thursday night, have extra rest, and they play a division team the next week. Yeah, it's not yeah. fair. When you have a week off, you shouldn't be playing a division game the next against the division team if you had a bye week the week before that. It's not fair to have that extra rest. Make it a non-conference game. Help them. You want to make things easier, just have eight bye weeks, and each bye week is a division. All right, the NFC East gets whatever week four off. Right, know, the Central. I don't know why they don't do that anyway. Every year, 
Yeah, right. I don't. I, I don't know why they don't. You know, that would make life nice and easy and nice and fair for everybody. And then you, you know, even out of the bye, if you want, then you play. You know, the team uh, in your division, so there's no unfair advantage. Yes. Really, it shouldn't yes. be that difficult to to do, right? I mean, baseball, I get. You know, NHL and uh, NBA, I get eighty plus games and one hundred sixty two games in, in in baseball. I I get the the headaches involved in that. But football, it you know, really shouldn't be that difficult. You know, go to you're right. Go division by division uh, for 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 the buys, and if you have an extra, then then figure it out. But yeah, uh, pecking order of games. I tell you, I, the, the Bungles and Raiders might be number one on my list. We'll look at the futures. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Let's see if we can make some money with the boys. Yeah, today. you got. It. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid Radio right here on a Tuesday afternoon. Scott Wilson along with George Kurtz. 40 minutes past the hour. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, as well as at SportsGrid TV. Three separate feeds. We send out all kind of highlights for the shows, uh, game clips as well, trends, picks, and everything else uh, from the guys here at the SportsGrid. So at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV. Uh, yeah, before we break uh, down to you know some of the games here, because there are a couple of lines, George, that really just jump off the page that I really, really love. But but before we get to that, NFL futures. Uh, we got the Packers on FanDuel, still the favorite uh, at plus 380. You got the Kansas City next in line at plus 450. Tampa Bay, 750. Buffalo, 750. Tennessee, the number one seed at 850. Again, no love for the Titans. Uh, Rams, for some reason or another, are next in line at 10 to 1. Clearly, they uh, had not watched the Rams play football lately. And uh, on down the line they go Cowboys, 12. Bengals, 17. Niners, 21. Arizona 22, Patriots 22, Eagles 60, Raiders 60, and Steelers 90. I would say, you know, if you wanted to take a flyer, my little flyer, George, would be San Fran at 21 to 1. The only issue is that because they do recede, you know, Philadelphia knocks off Tampa Bay in Tampa, which I don't think is happening. San Fran's next opponent this week uh, after this week would be at Green Bay. And I, I do have the Packers winning it all, I, you know. My preseason pick of Tennessee and San Fran is still alive. I'm still crossing my fingers that comes in. But, you know, um, without having any other dog in the fight, I, I just don't see anybody greeting Green Bay. So, unfortunately, San Fran at 21-1 to uh, is probably going to end. I think they, you know, could win this week, but I, they're not beating Green Bay. You know, I, I do think I think San Fran could be Dallas. I do because they they match up well against Dallas because they run the ball very well. It's the one thing the Dallas defense doesn't do well is stop the run. Dallas, uh, they're more of a finesse defense. They're coming up to your quarterback. All right, so uh, the Cowboys offense needs to help out this defense. If they can get up, uh, you know, get up seven nothing, ten nothing, ten three, something like that, and force the 49ers to pass the ball more, then it's uh, game could get interesting for Dallas. But if San Fran's able to run the ball if and when they want, it'd be dangerous. Like I said, they're a tough team for Dallas to go up against. The good news for the Cowboys is that. The one thing San Fran doesn't defend very well is the pass. You know, because Dallas can't really run the ball. You know, they haven't been good at running it most of the season here. Uh, it might be smart for the Cowboys, by the way. Start Tony Pollard. Zeke is done. The only thing he can do yeah. is be a pass blocker with this guy, maybe a short yardage guy. But he's done as a starting running back. It's clear to see pretty much anybody except the Cowboys. Uh, so I, I do think San Fran has a shot here. And obviously so do the uh, sort of Vegas as – uh, it's only a three-point favorite, which means they're pretty much saying it's a, you know, a neutral field. This is a coin toss, right? It was in, uh, it's that sort of thing here. 
So I think they got a shot here. Could they beat Green Bay, though? I think they could. I know they didn't beat – I think they lost to them earlier this year. And granted, Green Bay, I think in that game also had COVID problems. I think about the Adams might have missed the game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did play there. But generally in the past, they've had their number, but it would be in Green Bay this time. I, I give them a shot. You know, I, would give, I'm not, I wouldn't say that definitely Green Bay is going to win. That being said, as you uh, already mentioned, I also have Green Bay in the Super Bowl. But I don't think San Fran will be definitely done in the game if they can get by the Cowboys. How about Green Bay to win it all? You gonna, who, you, who do you have to win it all with those odds? Uh, listen, I, had, uh, I picked actually Green Bay, Kansas City before the season started, so I'm going to stick with that. To win it all, though, I think I'm going to go with KCC. I think I'm going to go with KC here. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe because uh, I, I'm down. Aaron Rodgers is just, is just annoying me this year a lot. With, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The stupid uh, lying to the media thing, showing his foot on cam, then you know him and Habarkush uh, getting into that argument last week. You know, one's a jerk and one's a bum. Bum. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of silly crap like this. Just like, oh, really, Aaron? He's is, turned into a real him? strange bird. You know, I mean, really. I, I think you know. I think the media loves him. I really do. I know that sounds crazy because. Or the NFL does, or the networks do, or whoever you want. Yeah, he's not. I mean, I think if you really did a a delve into his character with him not talking to his family and his romance is not working out for whatever reason, and and, and you know, get into a fight, you know, with with a, a, a reporter who says he doesn't want to vote for him, even his friendship with, with the punter, you know, our, our guy here. Well, how, you know, who, who befriends a punter? You know, I mean, how's that? You know, how did that ever evolve? That like the punter is your best friend? Um, just a straight. I just think if you really wanted to open up the books on him, you could find some weird things. Um, you know, and then his, his issues on COVID and yeah, I, I think the media protects him because I think they can really rip him if they if they really wanted to. So that all said. Boy, if they don't win it this year, you, you know, I, I hate this conversation, uh, but I really do think it is true this year. You know, when, when people talk about well, how is this going to change your legacy? Yeah, your legacy is your legacy. You know, if you don't play for this team and and Derek Jeter plays for, uh, you know, the, the Red Sox, you know, how is that going to change his legacy? It's not going to change your legacy. But I will tell you, Jordan, you know, he's got the one Super Bowl. If he doesn't get a second Super Bowl and he's – he might be as good as any, you know, he would be. I, I think the best quarterback to maybe only win one Super Bowl. You know, it, one that you would think would somewhere along the line, you know, one another, right? Dan Marino's got probably the title of the best quarterback never to win a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers would be the guy that uh, would have the be- – he'd be the best quarterback to only win one Super Bowl. We just got, kept on thinking, eventually, he's going to get it. Same thing with Marino. Eventually, he's going to get to the Super Bowl. He's going to win. He's going to win. And if, if it doesn't happen this year with this team – and, and with everyone else being down, that's the key. It's not necessarily that Green Bay is the greatest team in the world, but, you know, Tampa Bay clearly has some issues. Uh, the Rams aren't nearly as good as people thought they would be. Dallas is, is not nearly as good as they, they were when they started the season. Arizona shows that they're not really ready to compete at this level. San Fran's had a difficult year despite a ridiculously easy schedule. I mean, and then in the AFC, even with, with Kansas City, you know, who thought they would lose five football games? You know, so they're not having the monster, monster, automatic win type of season. You know, and if Tennessee is your number one seed, that that alone tells you how the AFC is. So it's like if they can't emerge this year, and you're getting almost four to one with them, but they're just, he just won't ever win again then. Yeah, I mean, what you, 
I agree with Pardis. I think well, Aaron Rodgers might be the best quarterback. One of the best of all time here. If I'm picking a quarterback, I would take, in this day and age, I would take Rodgers over just about anybody because he could move. You know, I think John Elway would be up here with guys I would take as well. Uh, as far as I need quarterbacks who can get out of the pocket. I don't want just statues back there in, this, in today's game. I want guys who can move. I don't, I don't need Lamar Jackson, but I need guys who can get out of the pocket and you know, help themselves out here. Uh, I might take Elway in the end. Uh, he really had everything a quarterback, uh, you could want in a quarterback there. But uh, Rodgers would certainly be there as well. So I don't think his legacy changes at all. I wouldn't even think about it. You know, that, oh, you only won one Super Bowl. Uh, I'm of that belief, by the way. I hate it that we, we automatically want to put these guys in the Hall of Fame because you win one damn Super Bowl. You win two, you're a lock. I, I, think, I don't think Eli should be in the, in the Hall of Fame at all. I don't think he's even the Hall of Fame discussion here. Me neither. Right? I'm not even sure he's the Hall, I'm not even sure he's the hall of very good. All right? Because I, I can think of a lot of quarterbacks I'd rather have than Eli. Hey, I mean, it's a long, long list. But he won a couple of Super Bowls. You know? He won a, uh, whatever. I'm not going to get to an Eli discussion here. But I just hate it that... Uh, you know, quarterbacks always get the uh, – if the team wins, the quarterback loses the quarterback. You know, it's a team game. So I'm not going to get on Rodgers for that. Uh, that being said, you know, if, if you were to lose in a championship game again, yeah, there'd be some negative comments. It would be four straight or something like that. Uh, so it would be nice if you could get it taken care of. And as you said, you know, you go through the rest of the field in the NFC, Tampa Bay, I uh, can't see them doing it this year in Green Bay at all. Not with all the weapons they lost. No. I can see that happening. Yeah. I think Dallas could give them a run if, if, like I said, they get that running game going somewhat. But I think, once again, I don't think they would beat Green Bay in Green Bay because Dylan and, and Aaron Jones, I think, would have a field day. Forget about Rodgers and whatnot, Devontae Adams. I don't know if Dallas could stop Dylan and Jones here. But uh, I think I would give Dallas a shot. But once again, I think Green Bay beats them. Uh, what you said about the Rams, I agree. Cardinals, no. And, you know, you can forget about San. We already discussed San Fran. A shot, sure. You know, Philadelphia, no way in hell. So uh, this has to be the year they at least get there. Can they beat? Kansas City, can they beat Buffalo? You know, I think once of those are my top two teams in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're right up there with them. They're getting healthier. Bakhtari's back, right? Jerry Alexander came back. So they're getting healthier here at the right time. Extra week rest for Aaron Rodgers to get that toe in shape there. I mean, good times here. Good times. So uh, I have Green Bay uh, getting there. I do. I don't think it'll be a cakewalk, mind you. But I don't see a team that's really you know, all that close to even with them. I think they are clearly the superior team in the NFC. So I'd be surprised if someone took him out. But listen, you and I both know NFL, it's one game. You get a drop pass here and there, you know, a deflected ball. The officials are playing a part in the game. We've seen that multiple times this year. Yeah. Anything can happen here. But I got Green Bay going. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Green Bay. I, I got like five different versions here. My preseason pick is still alive, Tennessee uh, and San Fran. So I, I got to stick with those two. My heart uh, or my thinking says Green Bay. And then I also got to throw, you know, a couple of Cinderella teams. And I'll go with San Fran um, in the uh, in the NFC. Just, you know, maybe just maybe they can beat Green Bay. They did lose at home earlier, but it was a close game, as you pointed out. But, I'll, you know, that's my Cinderella team. And then the other one in the AFC is, you know, I'll tell you, it wouldn't shock me if Cincinnati got in a little bit of a run. You know, same type of thinking, George. You know, Kansas City clearly has some uh, some flaws this year. Tennessee, I don't know if they get Derrick Henry back or not. Either way, you know, I don't know if they're necessarily on that level. Uh, Pittsburgh isn't any good. Raiders, I'm not ready to say yes to that. And, and Buffalo, watching them play these last couple of weeks, they're going in the wrong direction. I mean, they barely beat the Jets. Jets are playing for absolutely nothing. Uh, Zach Wilson looked like a high school quarterback, and, and Buffalo still only won 27-10. And that was a one-score game, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter in that one. And uh, so, I, you know, I don't think the Bills are doing it this year. Just, uh, they regressed. They didn't go forward. So, you know, 
process of elimination, you know, who's left? All right, Cincinnati. They got a great quarterback. They got a terrific offense. Uh, they got a defense that can be pretty good at times. Uh, they've already beaten the Chiefs, which, you know, likely or possibly anyway will be the, their second opponent um, if they beat, the you know, the team that they're supposed to beat this week. So, um, you know, I, I, give me the Bengals at 7-1. Why not? Someone's got to win it. Oh, listen, I, I, they're my third team. I, I would put them behind uh, Kansas City and Buffalo, but I like Cincinnati as well. The only reason I'm going to downgrade them is Zach Taylor. I don't trust him. I don't trust him to do what, what he has to do to win games here. And that, you can't think you're going to play uh, you know, bull yeah. control offense with Mixon here. You know, you, you, you're going to eat with Burrow. Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Boyd. That's who you're going to eat with. I'm not saying you don't run the ball at all. Of course you do. But don't wait too long to let this guy loose here. Let him eat. You know, let him cook. Uh, so that's my only worry there is I don't, I don't trust. I mean, I don't trust Zach Taylor at all. You know, I think, it's, uh, I think he's holding this team back here. But I think Cincinnati's a real good squad. I do think they're probably a year ahead of schedule here. And what I like about Cincinnati, you got the run game, you got the quarterback, you got the receivers. Man, you're talking draft, free agency, offensive line, and defense. Just hit the offensive line and defense, and this team could be very dangerous in a year. Uh, you know, next season, I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the, uh, in the AFC. I think the AFC North has to be quaking right now because, hey, you better start drafting uh, cornerbacks to stick with these guys. Because if you don't, this team's going to run rough shot over that division for the next couple of years. Yeah. You think about, you know, they got two teams into the postseason. And if you would have told uh, folks at the beginning of the year you'd get two teams, I think most would have said, all right, Ravens and, and Browns, right? You know, no one would be picking Cincy. And then we all kind of figured Pittsburgh was going to take a step back. But in the end, the two teams that most people wouldn't have picked were actually the two teams that got it, which just, again, goes to show you how deep that division is. That, that division is going to be just a war. Uh, over the next, you know, and if the uh, Steelers can get themselves another quarterback, and knowing the Steelers, they will. Um, you know that that is just going to be another brutal ten years of football, good football in, in the AFC North. So, I will right, we'll take a break. I got an absolute lock for this weekend. Dare we say it? But oh, I just love this play. Over, under, straight play or not? We'll let you know when we come back. Got about some George Kurtz right here on Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is SportsGrid Radio Network. Scott Wetzel, George Kurtz, uh, checking out all the action as we take you right up until 4 p.m. Eastern time. couple of things, including George, uh, CBS has uh, done a good job. The NFL schedule is out for next year. Uh, we'll run down some of the teams. we got good news and bad news for the locals here in New York. But uh, if you want to know what your favorite team is doing, I'll throw out a couple of these uh, next hour and let you know that the home schedule, though, for the Giants and Jets, not very attractive. Not. <laughs> let's put it this way. Uh, it's, it's almost like they got identical schedules. If you didn't know anybody, you'd, you'd think the Jets and the uh, Giants were in the same division. They both have the Lions, the Detroit Lions. The god-awful Detroit Lions are not only playing once, but twice at the Meadowlands next year. Good gravy. Uh, but that's what happens when you finish in last place. You get that last place schedule, but... Uh, we'll get into that uh, a little bit next hour. Here's the the one I really, really love for this weekend, George. I, I tell you, Adam, looking at all these games, 
I just don't know how Cincy and the Raiders are going to stay under 49 points. I, I love the over in that game. You know, unless you want to tell me the Raiders just are just, you know, emotionally drained and physically drained and they don't show up and, you know, the Bungles win this one 40 to 7. But otherwise, how's that not hit 50 points with those offenses? Oh, I'm with you. I'll be on the over in that game as well. I think that's going to be point scored. I, there is an argument to be made, as you said, that, oh, you know, hey, they're going to be mostly drained. They only scored 45. Uh, they played early in the season, week 11, and 32 of those points came by Cincinnati. So I think Cincinnati's yep. going to uh, take care of their business. We just need the Raiders to score ah, probably 17, 20 points. I think they'll get there. I'm with you. High-scoring game. I think Cincinnati wins the game as well here. Yeah. I, I tell you, I like the overs. I know it's kind of been an under year, but I, I love the over 49, Tampa Bay, Philadelphia as well. So, you know, same thing. Tampa Bay scored 30 or more points in 11 of their last 12 home games. So you know they're good for 30, right? Can, can you get 17 or so out of Philadelphia? I would think so. Right? I mean, that, that's that to me. Maybe the only under I would, uh, you know, gear towards, uh, you know, might be San Fran and, and Dallas 51. That's a big number. So, But we'll get into all the games and all the numbers and all the futures all coming up. Hour number two right here. In the morning, right here.